tell our our questers. Our questrians. Just finish the sentence. No. Holy shit, this was, uh, I have so many thoughts about this. We are Centaur Stage. I like the episodes today. I'm Andrew. <laughs> and I'm Rebecca. It was a fun it was a fun little batch. We're doing episode four and five of uh, Centaur World, Centaur the World animated Netflix. series. Um, it's a musical series and we love musicals, so we got lots of thoughts about it. And um, the show is starting to get a little like mythical it started to build some momentum um, we're starting to find things out we're really the the plot is kind of picked up its pace mm-hmm. there's this more is when i i bought back in i said oh okay okay i'm picking up what you're putting down i could tell that there were like adults making it Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, I I was reading up on this Polygon article that was uh, a review of the series, um, and it pretty much matched what we were saying about it. Like, it's interesting, it's creative, but um, it can be overwhelming, the style of humor. It's kind of like hanging out with a bunch of preschoolers, where it's like they think they're really funny about something, and then after a while you're like, okay... We like, it, it. it was cute for a second, but then... We gotta move on. kind of are like, okay, I really need to spend some time with an adult human being. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it, it seems like we're on an upward pace. Um, this was renewed for a season two, I believe. Okay. And See, that's exciting. Yeah. Because I feel like I was... There's certain, like, there's certain issues that I will maintain having with the show. Mm-hmm. But there's, like, one of the things that I think is always so hard with especially like sort of indie content that is getting a bigger platform is that like you kind of know that they don't have control over how much plot like i was like you know certain episodes feel like they're just chucking exposition at me as fast as they possibly can Mm -hmm. but then i'm also like but they only have 10 episodes and they might not have known if they were getting renewed so like i get when you're trying to sort of accomplish what you've set out um so yeah i do i do want to pay that credit and i'm excited to sort of see i feel like if they get in with another season they'll be able to sort of take the time to really address and grow and and push a, a full plot because they kind of have their footing now yeah totally and we know the characters like yeah we they they established what they are trying to do with the show um hopefully the plot will be able to go into more interesting directions which is where it started to already so what happens in episode four Episode four. There's some trees that sing. The second shaman. Yeah. Which is two shamans mm-hmm. who are the same, but maybe not. It's big tree and small tree. Yeah. Um, I love these shamans. I love these trees. They're so this, creepy. Like, they're creepy. They're very like just like this hippie mm. acoustic like yeah folky very folky music yeah folky that's that's yeah. it yeah and then this this sort of message that's underlying it of like you know trees are long living they see everything they sort of have the time to wait mm-hmm. for like they don't have to push action they wait for like the correct course to take its place they have those deep roots and see all that's happening and so 
these shamans are able to grant not wishes mm-hmm. per se, but they have the magic to fulfill what they see people needing. Yeah, they. And so the whole song is about what you need, what you want, and what you need, and they're sometimes the same. Mm-hmm but sometimes they're not. Yeah. And I think that's this really cool message, especially as we then see the way it affects the characters. Yeah, the characters are always, like, five steps behind what the, what the songs are. Because, like, every song is so well-written and so clear about what is mm-hmm. going on. And they say, and like, they we're not go, giving you what, what you wish. We're giving you and what you characters- need. And the characters are like, wait, huh? They said something like, about can wishes? we have the key? And Water Baby's like, I just said no. And he's like, but can we have it? <laughs> yeah, so that's one thing that kind of gets grating about it is, like, you you get it way before they can move forward with the plot because the characters don't get it's it. It's not like the way, like, sometimes you get it because, say, it's something that follows certain tropes and you can kind of mm-hmm. pick up on the, the path it's taking. Yeah. I'm not talking, like, you predict it. I'm talking you heard what they said and then the characters just don't listen <laughs> and you're like, how long am I going to have to wait? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But this one gets a little more character-y. Um, Wamawink is clearly recoiling from the danger of the forest where the trees live. Um, and you think it's just another protective thing. You know, yeah. she's been sort of the whole way through trying to, you know, in episode one, it was let's stay in the bubble. In episode two, it was like that this I get a dangerous sense mm-hmm. from what's coming ahead. In episode three, she didn't want to see Water Baby because she had a, a history. Mm-hmm. So every time she's sort of been pulling us back, and so you almost write it off. You're yeah. like, silly wamowing. She just refuses to like move forward and get on board. But no, it's like a stress trauma response is what yeah, it seems to be. Yeah, which we don't really find out yeah. why until much later. Yeah, she's, like, sort of fighting it, and that's what's different about it. Is she's, like, trying to yeah. be the leader. This is the first time she says, you know what? No, we're going to do it. Yeah. We're going to... Um, but you immediately, you see a, a huge shift in her mm-hmm. that we haven't seen. Like, we've seen her sort of in states of crazy, but they're always in this, like, motherly crazy, where she's yeah. just like, I'm so joyful. Mm-hmm. But now we see her just kind of, like, she gets almost meek. hallucinating. Yeah. I love it, which is, is this the shaman? 50% of shamans are right-handed. <laughs> yeah. 33% of shamans have no legs, or whatever. Yeah. Like, she just keeps listing random, I was like... I want to like once I know all the shamans like check the math on it. Oh, I bet it's like, real. Did they act? Did they just throw those numbers out, or did they like calculate and figure it out so they could tell us? Because that would be really that. <laughs> that would be impressive. Points for that. Yeah. Um, and so she's dealing with that. Ched is really like becoming his own character, and he definitely has a purpose now. He's sort of the yes, antagonist. His purpose is to hate horses he hates horses Um, he's like because he has a history which i hope we find more out about yeah he hates horse centaurs and there he doesn't know what a horse is yeah but he assumes that if he hates horse centaurs then horses are two times as much twice as much horse and so twice as much hate we also begin to see some development with durpleton durpleton up till now has just been like that the other side of crazy that you get in a character like, you get the Glendale crazy, mm-hmm. and then you get this, which is, like, the optimistic to a fault, and, like, and in weird w- with little clicks of, like, uncanny. Yeah. Like, when, you know, episode one, when Horse is like, don't you want to feel the crush of skulls under your feet? And everyone else is like, uh, and he's like, yeah. <laughs> like, that kind of, like, just a little bit where you go, is he 
you right in the head. Yeah. But now we find out that um, as far as I can tell, Durpleton's ass is his father. I really am having trouble. I feel like whenever I write down notes, um, when I'm like writing something down, I'm thinking about what's going on. I miss an important plot point because all of a sudden his farts were talking. His farts were talking. And I watched it a second time and it was on the second time that I realized like when everybody goes into the woods, he hangs back farts and says, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going, I'm going. So it's, it's, it's hinted at much earlier in the episode than when they really address it. Huh. But yeah, his farts talk to him. And this is a result of the trees. Them. That they start... No. Oh. Not yet. Okay. His it, farts it's, talk it's to Im- him. Yes. His farts talk to him all the time. Mm-hmm. But they're mean. Yeah. We don't hear them. He seems to be able to interpret his own fart. Mm-hmm. Um, it's there's There seems to be some father issues rooted in it. Yeah. In that he keeps addressing the farts as dad or father or something, um, and there and then later the trees grant his need because mm-hmm. apparently his need is his want, which is to he to for his farts to say nice things. Yes. And then they say things like you know, oh my boy, I'm so proud of you. Oh son, yeah. you're great. So <laughs> his butt is his father. Or his farts or his father? Did he eat his father? Well, we don't know. But we don't know his. So his name is Durpleton, and his fart is now a character called Durpletoot, voiced by that. Tony Hale, which is amazing to me. He's Buster in Arrested Development, and he is in Veep. Thank you. And he's very funny, and that brings me such delight that. This like amazing character actor is playing the farts. Is playing the fart, and I bet that when they were like, "We have this idea," he's like, "Oh hell yeah!" He's like, "Oh, that sounds great, right up my alley." Um. Also, side note: Ched, the little bird, who is like mean, is Mickey Mouse. <laughs> like the current reigning the Mickey actor Mouse for Ched is the current Mickey Mouse, which is so baffling because that guy's been he's been in a lot of stuff he was in like the last couple seasons of the office chris that's the thing with all of this cast is it's it's not just like names you know it's like names that do the work yeah like you know this isn't just a broadway person it's like megan hilty is constantly in things yeah constantly yeah and i guess i think that it says a lot that a person can be Mickey Mouse, the voice of Mickey Mouse since 2013, and still have to take other jobs. Like, what? What does the world come to? <laughs> Shouldn't they yes. just be able to coast on that Disney money, on the mouse money? I guess that Disney money ain't what we thought it was. And maybe it's just not as fulfilling as um, Ched, the bird centaur, who's really mean. Speaking of money, in episode two, Durpleton just out of nowhere asks Horse for money. He does. And we did, yeah, he literally, I don't remember, like, what leads into it, but he just goes, can I have some money? (laughs) And then it's never dealt with. They just move past it. I was like, what the hell? That's interesting. Um, But, yeah. anyway, in the episode, uh, Wama Wink, she's stressed out and really on edge, and then... Yeah, so they they sleep the night before they go into the woods, and Wama Wink doesn't sleep a wink, and is kind of messed up the whole morning as they're walking in because she didn't sleep and seems to be in severe trauma. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then we approach, we finally see the, the tree shamans. They sing the song and they sort of tell our, our questers to step up to the altar and see what they need. Our questrians. Fuck! <laughs> we should be writers on the show. We should be writers on our own show. Yeah. Um, Durpleton's first and his farts now say nice things. Yeah. Which is why, like, and honestly, that might be more character development than I think they meant it to be, where they're like, his his path in life is so, like, his like his brain is so narrow, his path is so limited, yeah. that, like, there is nothing else he needs or wants. It's like, he wants his farts to be nicer to him, mm-hmm. and that's his only need. Yeah, and uh, Ched uh, becomes a horse with a tiny little head, he keeps his own head. And yeah. uh, he's really and mad about so it. And so because what he needs is to come to terms with horse. Horse. Capital H. Um, because he hates horses. Because, yeah. And also has father issues. We, they all got father issues. Um, he's really Valid. pissed about it. He blames a horse for it. He shouts, this is how you reproduce, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, he does say that. Name something that would more I name something else from this show that we would have a likelihood of shouting (laughs) that is such a centaur stage thing to show that is us that's us in it um and then uh exposition leaves I'm sorry exposition exposition leaves leaves, love them here's the thing exposition always feels on the nose yeah there is no way to bury it absolutely literally naming characters exposition leaves and having them give like this whole little bit twice Mm -hmm. I, hysterical. Funny. It did the job it needed to do. It said, okay, like, we have to get you here. Here you go. This is the shamans. And, oh, you're talking to the wrong tree. But it, it was that joke I cackled. Um, yeah, Wama Wink gets pushed right in front of the uh, in front of the tree, in front of the altar, and goes to sleep. Because what she needs more than anything is sleep. Um, we think it's what she needs more than anything is sleep, but really it's that she needs to not be aware of being there. Yeah. Like that's the that's the hugeness is that what she needs is to be isolated from this moment, and it also and she can't really get away from it. But it kind of makes everyone else step up because everyone else needs to have some character development that's not possible yeah. with her around because um, she's always so doing two, everything for everyone. Two characters refuse to step up to the altar. Um, Zulius claiming he has no flaws, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Glendale recognizing that the thing she probably needs is to stop stealing and she's not interested in that as she abducts a family of three. Mm -hmm. So they choose not to and that leaves us with Horace who having seen that Wamawink and Durbleton both kind of got what they needed and seems pretty cut and dry is like oh well I need to get home yeah bam needs well needs the key to get home and then I need the key and I need to get home transported to somewhere that looks like where she came from which is like a war-torn landscape but um instead because she smells it she smells oh it smells like death (laughs) yeah there's I don't love that the way that like I get I get that it's like horses sort of um Stockholm syndromed uh-huh. Like into loving the war, yeah. But then, like it's every like time she's like, "Oh, fuck, yeah." It's like a little too celebratory. Yeah. Like I get, but it. I think in making the joke of her being so excited to smell death, mm-hmm. it just feels a little out of tone. I don't know. Hmm. That's fair. Um, but 
It is not, in fact, the human world. No. It zooms out. We see a, a ladybug centaur uh-huh. land on her nose, and then we zoom out, and there's a lovely centaur mountain out in the distance, and we realize we are still in centaur world. What? And we see a little baby Wamawink. And and she's so cute. She's such a cute... Wamawink is so cute in this episode. When she's scared, she has little tiny eyes. And as a baby, she's oh just so God. cuddly with the big, big eyes. Too big for her face. Um, and so, yeah, Horace goes and up to her. alone in her village. Alone. And she's like, what this happened? Did you turn to past. a baby? She's a baby. Yeah. And, and we find out that Wamawink's entire village was destroyed mm-hmm. by the war... And she's, like, in the exact same, the the um, Lost Forest mm-hmm. is, like, the ruins of her home. And these trees were sort of at the, the forefront of the village. They provided the shade mm-hmm. that everyone, you know, relaxed and worked under. <laughs> I was going to let you take over. <laughs> You're not giving Sorry. me, like, a signal, like, where I'm supposed I, to pick up. I looked up. up, and then you were looking down, and I was like, oh. <laughs> I don't have any notes from this part of the episode. So Wamoy goes to the tree. She, oh yeah. She's like, give me my family back. Right. Yeah. She asks for, she her, asks village. for her village back. And, and they say, they don't, we know this is what you want. It's not, what, it's you not need. what you need. And she's really pissed about it. Horace gets so pissed. But about it. It's so fucking good because you realize in that moment that what she really needed, this is where like, you know that the shamans actually have those long roots because what she needed was to go off so she could start her own herd. And take care of other people. Because she had to take care of all these others. So I hope that someday we find out their backstories and sort of, you know, how they all came to be. But that that's such a, like, defining moment of, like, you know, I know this is hard. I know you're literally a fucking child. But you need to go out because someday you are responsible for all these people. Right. She needs to start her own herd. Um... And protect because she's seen the worst of it. She's been in the middle of war. Her whole village has gone away. So she needs to use that strength to carry others. Um, But Horse doesn't get that. Horse is so mad at the trees um, for not uh, taking care of this little baby. It's really sad. They go back at some point. I missed at the point. Back to where they were. In front well, of the she train. sings to Baby Wamawink, even though right. Baby Wamawink canonically cannot hear her. Yeah. But she sings the the rider's lullaby. Oh yeah, that was so um, sweet. And sort of, and so because the reason Horse was transported back was that what she needed was to understand Wamawink. So once she does that, it's sort of that she has completed her task mm-hmm. and is transported back to present time. But now she's pissed. She's so pissed at the trees. She's yelling at the trees. Um, kills the tree. <laughs> kills the tree. Chad to kill the tree. Chad and and teaches helps. Chad how to love being a horse. So then Chad sort of his mini arc is completed by yeah. understanding horseness. Yeah. So um, the tree topples over, revealing part of the key. And then they make it on their merry little way. Well. Nowhere King song. Holy shit! This was uh, I have so that, many thoughts. This about is this. when we entered the whole um, over the garden wall style world. Very I was that. Like, oh shit! The flowers sang cool. the spookiest song about a nowhere king, which is brilliant in several ways. 
Um, it kind of reminded me of Alice in Wonderland when she first gets there and the flowers sing a song called Golden Afternoon because it has that kind of like, um, like 30s harmonies, but like mm-hmm. very minor and creepy. And also, mm-hmm. Wama Week goes back to sleep, which is kind of like the poppies in Wizard I, of Oz. Honestly, when they started, I thought they were all going to fall asleep. Yeah. And then you realize, like, oh, it's just that Wama Week kind of feels safe. Yeah, and um, can finally sleep. And can, and can trust in them. But oh my god, that because this this was sort of in the same way that the tornado song, mm-hmm. like those two times are now where like the world outside of what we're seeing is really starting to peek in, and these songs are haunting. And yeah. I'm like, oh my god, I can't wait to sort of I can't wait for this to really butt up. Right now we're seeing like on the edges of the story, but I can't wait for it to really face our characters. Yeah, why don't I? I'm gonna read the song, the lyrics of the oh, song. Yes, it's please. pretty quick. Hush now, hide all you little ones. Rush now into the middle of nowhere. Singing and laughter will die. Dreamless sleep follows the nowhere king. When his kingdom comes, darkness is nigh. Quiet, crawl to the in-between. Silent, secretive feeling of fearsome hatred that reaches the skies. You will bring joy to the nowhere king when he sees the light leaving your eyes. And that last line is what really got me. I was like, holy shit. But it's sung in like a beautiful way. Obviously, it's still minor, but it's so so pretty. You almost don't catch the lyrics at first because it's very much like a we're walking along song. And then you're like, wait wait a minute. Like, I remember rewinding. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, no, this is not good. This is not looking good for our travelers, Um, which kind of ends the this episode. But it goes right into it, it foreshadows what happens in the next one okay episode five something about hiding i don't we never bothered to learn the titles we get further proof that the herd is of centaurs is sheltered and useless um we are yet to see their defining traits but then we have our oh shit moment when we realize that horses also kind of useless. yeah horse is a horse isn't she's not uh, a human she's never had the knowledge or so experience. we realize that Wamawink is still asleep mm-hmm. um and our adventurers are hungry but they don't know how where food comes from josh radner Period. sings this really weird funny song about where does food come from calls calls a horse sir a lot of times in a very um marcy yeah. peppermint patty <laughs> kind of way calls, calls horse sir and then like they all sing together so like you have glendale singing like we boys are hungry or something like yeah. that it's a very interesting like like just what is it gender isn't real yeah what's it parodying i feel like it's referencing something that i don't know but i don't know I Listeners, liked it. if you figure it out let us know i enjoyed it yeah it I was it, too. it was a it was a break especially right after the nowhere king yeah um and horse always a little bit um on her high horse is like well obviously i know where you know where i know where to get food Mm -hmm. you get food by going like this and she puts out her mouth to where one would anticipate food being Mm -hmm. if one had a rider of which horse does not does not um few things i've hated more than the warm warm tars that they show it's like a little bouquet of worms, and they are like have little. Arms They're full and legs worms, on there. but instead of like the tiny part that's a head, it's they have a, like a really tiny body. body yeah. It's not in proportion to a, tr- a standard. It's center. so nasty. I hate it. The way it moves. I don't want worm tar. I kind of love it. You want worm tar? 
Yeah, they're so you creepy. You want worm tar? This is how you get worm tar. <laughs> I don't want worm tar. But oh my god, yeah. Gerbleton's math. Okay. That joke. Good. What? Good joke. What was it? They're like, we need however many pieces of, of the thing. Oh. And he's like, oh yeah, three, because three is like a butt on its side. Yeah. And then the, and he's like keeps making these like, like it reminds me of um Kimmy Schmidt. Mm-hmm. Do you remember in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt when? I don't know why she has to do math, but it's her and Jane Krakowski. Mm -hmm. And she goes like, well, like, one is A and seven is F, so 38? what are you talking about? And Jane's like, what the fuck? That kind of, that's a good bit. I know it's a trope. That's a good trope. Yeah. That That one makes me chuckle. That is funny. Yeah, Jane Krakowski said something like, you don't even know what a trillion is. And she was like, well, T is this much. That, something like that. T is this and T is this. Yeah. Yeah, that was Durpleton's math, and it made me it made me chuckle because that it didn't necessarily tell me more about his character, but it kind of like he's not just. I think there's a difference between being a character being dumb for plot progression mm-hmm. and a character being like sort of silly dumb. Sort of like unique, like his own thing. Yeah, gave him like, some color because I think earlier in the series so far he's sort of had the what's that lines mm-hmm. where you just kind of need a dumb character to say like, oh, right? yeah. so you can re-explain the plot. Yeah. Um, late seasons, Patrick star. Uh-huh. And I feel like this is giving him much more complexity where it's like his brain works differently. And that's more interesting as a character. Mm. Yeah. Especially when all of them are like sheltered and like, not sure of the world making one of them like more dumb mm. is just like like poor guy they're all kind of dumb they haven't been outside a lot and minotaurs okay we got to go back first bear tar sorry bear <laughs> but tar. yes it's all connected yeah, i skipped i didn't take any notes on the on the entire town okay so they arrive at, at this they're hungry yeah and they hear sound and sound means food because mm-hmm. festive wait what they hear like music it sounds like a festival and they like they head there because i think they think there's going to be food there's a lovely festival then they see a little bunny tar boy and they say excuse me sir where might we get some food and and then they start singing the song (laughs) i blacked out (laughs) like hiding it's this like festive celebration you think it's going to be like almost oh oh yeah it's like the banjo song like the little yeah, country song. But instead of yes. being like a harvest festival, everyone's out and partying, yeah. you realize they're all like grabbing their things and jumping into bushes and slowly all disappearing until they're the only people left. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that, but that doesn't lead them to anything because it starts yeah, raining. Yeah, because horse, horse refuses. Yeah. She's like, why would I hide? Just because a bunch of random people sang a catchy banjo tune. Right. But then it rains. It starts raining and, like, and everyone okay. hides under the beautiful sheep <laughs> the sheep tar blanket yeah. horse isn't like <laughs> horse isn't saying we can find shelter because you're all cold and wet horse is like i don't like that you're near yeah me. everyone's and therefore crowding. i will find you shelter so you will get away from me yeah and so they find a cave and they get scared because bear tars exist and they're worried and when we end up finding this bear tar it is not the kind of bear that you think it'll be um but I immediately... So, wait, is it... What? No, it's... They fight the bear tar before they get. They find the cave paintings, right? Uh, yeah, Wamawink wakes up for a brief yeah. moment. 
the cave um, immediately set off my senses. Plato's allegory for the cave? No, I was thinking about the Odyssey when they meet the Cyclops in the cave. Mm, I was like, mm. oh, shoot, is this going to be like a Cyclops in the cave? And it kind of is, because it's like a big guy, <laughs> a big man yeah. who is the bear tar, who's like a giant. Um, and in in the Odyssey, when they meet the Cyclops, the reason they get out is through sheep. So I was like, oh, there's a sheep tar here. Oh, shit. I wonder if this will That's a all... really good connection. Yeah, I was wondering if they would all... Well, and even the, the, like, sort of outsmarting outsmarting the guy is very like it's where horse is the odysseus of this yeah and oh, i like that a lot satyrs i think live on the island where the cyclops is in the myth but that's just like you know i don't think it's all one for one it's just like kind no, of no but i i really enjoy references. that because like the idea of like wamawink is the one that saves them yeah i don't enjoy when wamawink awakes because she hears Danger. distress from her yeah. herd immediately clocks out the bear tar and then goes right back to sleep. Mm -hmm. That didn't, like, when are they going to stand up for themselves? Mm. Um, But following that, um, Wama Wink knocks out the bear tar and the bear tar falls in front of the one mouth of the cave. And they're forced to reside in the cave for a time. And dumbass Ched, who sucks is like who's an expert on all things yeah. he's an expert on trees he's an expert on caves yeah and he's like every cave you know it has two holes <laughs> so they go find another try to find another hole there's no hole but there is a wall uh, a wall that has some cave paintings on it depicting when would i have stuff. painted these love that yeah. They think horse painted it because they there's think a horse, horse painted in it. to like talk about her story because it's got horses and humans fighting against these minotaurs, minotaur cave paintings. They are minotaurs, yeah. Which Rebecca called immediately. I was at first. I was like, "Is this a prophecy or is this the depiction of the war?" Yeah, is it? A I'm history? still not. And it has all these little sure. centaurs in it. I think well because it's got centaurs in it, mm-hmm. so. Either it's showing the whole thing. It could be both. Yeah. You know, where it's like, here's the past, here's the present, here's the future. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, it seems like it has horses and humans. So is it showing when we cl- close the rift with the key and the centaurs go to aid in the war against the minotaur? Yeah. I think that would be the implication of it. Because there was a moment where horse, like, it transformed from the painting into horse and rider just to show that, like, that's what it's yeah, depicting. Yeah, it's the same. Um, so I thought maybe it is them um but we don't know then as we're in the midst of sort of uncovering this piece of the puzzle we're really starting to break into the story Mm. and the bear tar awakes the bear tar wakes up and it's a fucking it's a m'lady dude bro (laughs) it's a guy who lives in a basement and neck beard in knows everything like mansplainer and so which doesn't Immediate, like I didn't even clock it at first until we get to the the following scene. So horse distracts this, bruh, um, while the others escape. But then it is revealed that there is a second room to the cave. So perhaps Ched was right. Mm-hmm. Maybe the exit's through there. But in this second room, he has a model. Whole diorama of what's going on. Of the this one, I think is the history. Yeah, right? I think so. 
because it's it's more it's got the the um, dead tribe of wallowings. Yeah. It's got the humans fighting alongside the centaur, presumably in a past before the worlds were split. Yeah. Um, and Horace points out some inconsistencies, and, which I like. Well, first, first, here's what I really love, okay. is it starts where you sort of, you're not, like, you, you're kind of like, oh, this Baratar's a little sketch. But then he's, like, kind of trying to be friendly. He's, like, telling Horace about the model. And you're like, oh, is this, like, a misunderstood situation? Because he talks about, this is what I love, this was really creative writing, is he says this whole, like, Oh, I'm sure you heard the song they sing outside. I know about the song mm. where they say I'm going to eat all of them, and that's just not true. <laughs> and then right afterwards, he pulls out his shellac because he plans to like harden horse alive to be a living model in his diorama. Are they living? I think and they're dead. Well, like a okay. taxidermy thing is what I assume. Yeah. But like, yeah, just yeah. glue. But the I, the idea of him saying like, oh my God, I can't believe they always say that I eat them. You're like, oh, maybe he's not so bad a guy. And you realize that the reason he's saying it, he's like, well, I don't eat yeah, them. Yeah, he traps I turn them, them into figures. Traps them into his That diorama. I thought was just such a good little bit. Yeah. Um, and Horace is like, actually, well, actually, you got some things wrong. And he's like, I'm the expert. Very fun. Yeah. Very fun joke. So it gives us a really good exposition shift because he's talking about the diorama, but it's telling us what's going on in the mm-hmm. world. And then Horse, in traditional um, I am no one fashion, mm-hmm. is asking all these questions to distract the dude, bro. And so, and is and there's obvious inconsistencies in that he has made a spear out of a carrot because clearly he's making this all from the text material, which is the wall painting. Yeah. And it's so like it's all from the source, the source, but the source is misinterpreted by the idiot right. who assumes he can't be wrong. Um, so he's got like a, a carrot spear instead of a, a metal spear. And she says that the um, minotaurs ride each other into well, battle. Well, then she starts, she starts sort of changing it yeah. up to sort of distract him because she's, she's pushing the, the bar yeah. and gets him to a point where he's upset. And that's when she can make her break away mm-hmm. in the meantime. Wamawink and our adventurers. Just finish the sentence. No. <laughs> no. The repartee is ruined. I don't know when you're going to stop talking. In the, <laughs> I don't know when I'm going to stop talking. I get self-conscious and then I try to stop. Okay. Just finish the thing. They, they get out. In the meantime, <laughs> while the other um, equestrians have gotten out of the cave, mm-hmm. uh, Wamawink is still asleep. And also... Side note, um, Glendale shoves Wamawink partially into her portal tummy and then just drags her along <laughs> like a horrible double centaur. Yeah. Um, perhaps the the horse from Loki. Mm. I like how um, Wamawink usually rides on horse's back. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's a more adorable. effective way of carrying sleeping Wamawink. <laughs> Not in the portal tummy. Yeah. But they get her out, and they they finally they realize that horse is still in there, and they're like, we gotta do something about this. They're trying to wake her up because they don't do things. Yeah. Wamwink does things, and they get Wamwink awake, and then she gets right into mother mode. She's like, oh my my poor babies, they need to eat, yeah. and she starts producing giggle cakes out of absolutely nowhere because she's got hardcore magic. She's got magic. the magic. Yup. 
tosses a giggle cake to all of her lovely people. They've totally forgotten horrors because they're eating yeah. again. They've been hungry for a while, the entire episode now. But then. But then. There is no horse. I don't remember how horse gets out. I don't entirely remember what she does to the bear centaur. I know she kicks over the shellac on the model's after Mm -hmm. but i don't remember like what he like has to like turn his back for some reason oh he goes because he goes to check the painting of the of the minotaurs that's what i thought and then i was like am i just supplying yeah no it's just he he, distracts him horse causes a whole distraction she's working away her way out wamling wants to help horse is like no 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 and then gets out yeah and they all run like hell and 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 then horse goes through a transformation Oh shit! She, Horse becomes more centaur. World. Yeah, she, her hair turns from like y- one thing that's important. I think is the animation style is slightly different in the yes, human world. The shading the is the one I notice a lot. The lines are sharper. It's generally more like I don't want to say realistic, but like um, human world follows like anime. Yeah, I was thinking that where like shadows are geometric, they are like hard cuts. Yeah. Um, and I think the line weight versus centaur world is more in like kids cartoony and the shading is almost like that, um, like spray paint type effect. Yeah. It's, it's more splotchy. Yeah. Splotchy, cartoony. Which I noticed earlier on and I was just kind of like, oh, that's a neat way to distinguish like the them. Texture. But then we see horse start to transform and her hair becomes more round, sort of silly and rounded and cartoony. And cute. And she's becoming a part of this cute world. Cute hairstyle. What? Part of your world. Part of your world. She's little mermaid. Yeah. It's a centaur story. She she becomes human. Horse becomes centaur. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful, and she's freaking out. But everyone's like, "It looks great on you." Yeah, she's like pissed. Yeah. Um. Horse has some body dysmorphia right then and there. Yeah. But that that's where we end. Leaves us on this episode. Great. So, yeah, I really enjoyed these. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, I get that a, a show has to sort of start off slow. Because you have to kind of know the people. Yes, yeah, It's my issue is that I still don't feel like I know the people. Mm-hmm. But I'm really excited with where this is going. Yeah. I think we did get to start to meet people a little more because we put Wink out. Um, and yeah, I... I want to know more. I want to know how the story I wanna unfolds. I want to know more. I'm really excited to see this journey. I think this was a good break because we'd had back-to-back shamans. Mm. Um, this was a cool sort of break in adventure. It, this one really felt very um, over the garden wall. Over the garden wall, in yeah. That sort of, I love the creepy that, like, stuff. We're on the quest, but this like separation from the quest and then like weird character who is in the world, but sort of a different part of it. Yeah. Like he's sort of one facet of the centaur world. world. So do you think that the nowhere king is something else or do you think it was referring to the bear i think it's got to be one of like the minotaur head Mm, maybe because as soon as i realized what they had sung which was nowhere king i thought of the no one joke from the odyssey Mm. again so i was like oh maybe that could maybe they're talking about him because he does like the life leaves their eyes he does technically do that stuff, but I bet it's something bigger. It could be. I don't know. I guess I'm, I assume we'll see at some point. I feel like that's like just not even like on content, but just on thematic structure of a TV show mm-hmm. that like, this is the time when you hint at the big bad, mm-hmm. but you don't really show us the big bad. So I'm assuming that is sort of a further along reference. Yeah. But you're, you're, and it, it could have been 
in that if it's the case that's really smart writing is to to have it sort of apply to both yeah so that you sort of almost kind of breathe a sigh of relief Mm -hmm. great well thank you all for listening to this this week's episode of centaur stage the centaur world watch number three um next week we'll do episodes six and seven and i want to see what happens make sure and follow us on twitter and instagram so you can loop us in on your watches or you can email us your thoughts on centaur world eps one through seven by next week at centaurpodcast at gmail.com and as we always end things here at centaur stage don't mansplain the centaur world riff to me bro (laughs) clip clop clip clop